Hello and welcome to the fourth edition of Look Closer, the found fiction podcast. If you've never listened before, this show is a creative search for inspiration. In every edition, I'll meet up with a different writer to take a journey around their neighbourhood and explore the places, people and communities around them. The things that inspire them as creative thinkers and makers of great things. This time I went to Salford in Greater Manchester to meet poet Rose Kondo. Rose is a Canadian spoken word artist and multiple slam champion who's performed at events internationally since 2013, most recently with the Empathy Experiment which played at the 2019 Manchester and Edinburgh Fringe Festivals. How's it going? Good, how are you? Good to see you. You too, yeah. Oh, man. Shall we head outside? Sure. It is typically Christmas. Is it? It is, yeah. That it doesn't surprise me. Crappy weather where it's like not raining uh, at all. But it but it has stamina, but, so but it just like carries on. Jeans are damp, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, but it'll be fine for a while. Yeah, it's yeah. Cold. It's definitely not cold. I used to live in Manchester, actually. Oh, did you? Yeah, well, I was born here, and then... Oh, okay. Like, I moved back here after uni yeah and uh and now like i kind of have an odd relationship with it oh. where um it's kind of like home i guess but i don't really know it as yeah. i should i suppose right let's get our gear together that's funny i feel a little bit the same about winnipeg like where i'm from it's where i'm from but when i go to visit i'm like Everything's really different. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. Have we? I haven't even talked about this. I've been to Winnipeg. Yes, I think you did yeah. tell me that. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember why. I'd you love went to there. say what I remember from it, but I can't. I, I think I only stayed like a day because I was just going from coast to coast, and it's oh. like the only habitable place for like. You know, if you're on a 20-hour bus ride, then yeah. you might as well stop over there if you're going you... all the way to, like... Well, I was going to... On bus? Thunder Bay, I stopped at. On, yes. And then, uh, well, ultimately, Montreal. Okay. So, yeah, it was, it was like, we're welcome bed for the night, really. Yeah, it definitely. Was, yeah, I went around, like, some nice cafes and things. And yeah. Yeah, it was a pleasant place to be, definitely. It's, it's an urban jewel in the middle of the prairies, like, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I did. I forgot it was going to be dark, actually. Yeah, <laughs> but it's good because in some ways it's like very much how I knew Manchester and Salford for the first like two, three years I started coming here. Oh right. Because <laughs> I would only come in the evenings for poetry gigs. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna start off going past the Eagle, which is where it evidently used to be um, every nice. month. Okay, um, yeah, that rings a bell. Remind me what that is. So evidently was the monthly um, poetry night that Kieran. King and Ella Gainsborough uh-huh. and it's in the Eagle Inn in Sulphur um, and <laughs> for so long when I would come here I knew my, I knew how to get from where we are to the Eagle and back to the station and then I knew how to get from Piccadilly station to um, Affleck which is another one of our stops on the on the journey and back to Piccadilly I didn't know how to get around anywhere else in Manchester so <laughs> I guess just tell us a bit more about where we are and where we're going today Sure. So we're just leaving Manchester Victoria Station and we're heading into Salford very briefly. So I'm, I've sort of planned a, a journey that goes past some significant places for me in, in kind of coming into, cool. coming into my life as a poet, I suppose. Probably so did you like spend, have you spent many years here then? 
Yeah, so I, um, when I was living in Huddersfield, I moved to Huddersfield in 2013, I think. Uh, and it was in 2014 I first came over to the very first slam I ever went to, which was at Word War in Affleck. Uh -huh. um, and then I started coming to evidently every month as well. And it just sort of became a, a place where I was meeting lots of new people and like making some really cool friends and felt very comfortable in the, in the nights. And so tried, and because it's so easy to get to from Huddersfield, I, I found I was coming over quite a lot. So yeah. yeah. I see you. So yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah, very, very urban immediately as you come out of the station, just walking under a bridge Definitely. right now. You said about the Manchester drizzles kind of yeah. got us already. <laughs> I, I seem to remember when I was living here, uh, yeah. like there's just kind of, a, it, it felt, I think someone once described it as like living inside Tupperware. Like it's like a deathless <laughs> yeah. gray sky all the time. I love that. I'm going to yeah. use that for yeah. sure. Well, it's yeah. funny too, because it was sunny here earlier today. Oh. It's safe for us to cross over. We can do, otherwise we can okay. cross the lights. Uh -huh. It's just a bit of a faff. But this is a, like main thoroughfare areas. This is the MEN arena here, actually. Um, so there have been times when I've come to poetry events and they'll be like, you know, um, take that reunion tour I'll be on or something and it's just rammed full of people. The mainstream meets the kind of niche, yeah. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> if only spoken word could fill stadiums. Could you imagine? That'd be yeah. amazing. One day, definitely. Yeah, one day. that's that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're that's what we're about. Well, I guess success means different things to different people, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, I'm happy with a a night where there's sort of you know 15 people crammed in the back yeah. room of a pub and everyone's super into it. I used to get really bothered by low audience turnouts for events I was hosting. And I tried to not let it bother me, but it really did. I wanted my events to be popular. And if only 10 or 15 people showed up, I'd take it to heart. But then one thing happened which changed all of that. I was at a literature festival due to give a talk on a Saturday evening in a prime time slot. I couldn't wait. I felt like I'd really arrived and this was my moment. And I got there nice and early. I was wearing a white blazer and my good jeans and literally nobody turned up. Literally zero people. And to make matters worse, there were two stewards on the door, you know, for crowd control. I was gutted, but then I was talking to a friend the following week and he said, well, what else are you gonna do on a Saturday night? Sit back and watch X Factor? At least you tried to do something more interesting. And that really helped and it changed my outlook for the good. I'm, I'm kind of out in the country now, relatively. <laughs> okay. And like, it's quite immediately, I think it's picking it up quite a lot on this microphone. Like, just the kind of harshness of the city immediately, like the yes. kind of, you know, the cars driving by with, you're going through puddles and it, yeah. it's obviously pretty much dark now. And it, it's kind of immediately, yeah, it's, it's just, you're in, in a different world, really. Well, and that was always a big, thing coming over from Huddersfield because you know Huddersfield's nestled in the Pennine Hills and you're so close to this beautiful Yorkshire landscape yeah and then here it's very like you say it's urban and noisy and all of that and yeah. I think there's a charm to that but yeah I remember when I was when we found a, 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 my partner Karen and I found a flat to live over here yeah um 
where I was like, oh, is that going to be okay being away from all the expansive green space? And stuff? Uh -huh. I mean, do you find that, like, are you someone who comes out? I know we're going to go around some of the places that do inspire you, but like, are you someone who is inspired by, like, you know, walk, like walking around at night getting rained on and, and like, does your material become like grittier because of it? <laughs> um, I tend to like to wander during the day. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and there's a park Best. near where we're living in Salford and I like to wander around there. Yeah. I find that I find the noise of traffic, it gets to be, the, the stimulation of it gets to be a little bit much. Yeah. I promise we are going somewhere as well. We're across a bridge right now yeah, on yeah. like a main... <laughs> Head down this way. Um, it, it appears to be shut, <laughs> but this okay. is the eagle. And it's really the first time I came here. I was like, where the heck am I? Because you can. See, it looks like we're going down a back alley. <laughs> it does. What's that hanging above from the wire there above us? Is it just plastic bags? Maybe this stuff. Oh yeah, that's just rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. This used to be a bath. A public bath, I think. And oh, okay. it's had scaffolding around it the whole time I've been coming here. So five or six years now. Because I think they I think they had to like wow. they were airing it out or something. And nice. so this this and something's tried to break through by the looks of it. It's a bit <laughs> yeah. like Jurassic Park. Yeah. With the lovely like bunting hanging off of yeah, it. Yeah, there's a there's contrast of strange juxtaposition. Yeah. So public baths, I guess. Sometimes, like you see construction hoardings up and fences and things, and you think it's just going to be a few weeks, but like you say, it might have been years that this yeah. has happened. Been I mean, there like was a time one. when when um, they would light it up at night. Yeah. And uh, so it would look quite nice. But you could, like, you can see along here, they've done stuff. They've got the little the marquee set up to make it okay yeah. for people to sit outside. But have you been in here before? I haven't been here. No, no, I haven't. So it's it's great. It's a really cozy pub. Uh -huh. um, and they have a performance space oh. inside as well, um, which I is see. where it evidently used to happen. And so, yeah, we would all gather here. I think it was like first Monday of the month or something. And uh, they'd always have a feature guest and then they'd have open mic. Oh, no, yeah. they'd have two guests. They'd have a feature and a support and then uh -huh. open mic. And it was just like such a gem to come to. So, it's, yeah. it's odd, isn't it? It's, it's probably weird even for you thinking it's closed now and it really is yeah. completely closed with the only yeah, people I here close on mondays <laughs> yeah but yeah. it you can imagine the the life here for yeah. sure like even just outside where you know it might not necessarily have taken place the events yeah. and things but yeah you can imagine it. it's definitely set up for it yeah absolutely why is this place inspiring for you is it just because of the memories of performing here then yeah and yeah. i think it was when i it was like one of the places where i first started to really not only meet other people but hear other poets uh -huh. and start to like understand what what you could do with poetry yeah. and it, it was um and also kieran and ella and i'm not just saying this because kieran's my dude but like yeah. they ran nights where you really felt like it was about the poetry and you felt really welcomed and very much like what you Basket. did with Outspoken, you know, like oh, really very much about celebrating people who were getting up and sharing and yeah. that as a, as a newbie to it, that was really nice. Do you think it feels like a kind of retreat in where it's placed and what it's yeah, surrounded maybe. by? Because it's yeah. not, it's not exactly like, yeah, it's not like a Shoreditchy type area where there's, no. there's lots of this particular type of place and lots of 
arts events happening all around us or anything, but mm -hmm. it kind of stands out as special because of its surroundings in that it's not maybe not you wouldn't expect to be inspired in an area like this. Yeah, maybe. yeah, it's industrial. In, like it feels very industrial and very uh -huh. like you say lots of building work around us and then you like would meet a bunch of really cool goofy poets for an evening and yeah oh i missed that yeah, yeah. should we have a look yeah. at some of the art here oh yeah I think there's a sure. bit of art here so what have we got oh yeah so pictures of plants and <laughs> yeah it feels a little bit hungry caterpillar -esque. yeah it's a little childlike isn't it yeah Oh, so yes, it was bats, I see. Yeah. Wow, and, and it kind of, here, it sounds like, it would have done, right? It sounds like trickling water. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And it would be so interesting to have known, like, when it was a public space, how different this area would have been. Yeah. Because cause we're the only people around here right now. It's so quiet and... Yeah, you don't really usually get pubs right next door to a public bath. No, exactly. I wonder if they did exist together. Oh, and you can kind of see oh, wow. some of it here. So we're just looking through a fence. Uh, we can't we can't go in, but we can oh. see it's like some proper. yeah, excavation like Yeah, some there. some remnants of what yeah, this this is kind of a what you climb up the lifeguard, right? Oh, Maybe. Yeah. So there's like a chute that the lifeguard might have climbed up to observe mm. people in the baths below. Mm -hmm. It's all just there. It's all just sort of dumps, just dumps big, like rubbish. Like, concrete stones here too. I, I wonder what's going on if they're like reinforcing the foundation or something. Yeah, it'd be interesting if it is going to get reused for its original purpose for sure. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of stories immediately coming to me about being at a swimming pool and yeah. being a kid and maybe like, you know, sometimes quite it's an empowering place to be when you're learning to swim and you can start swimming and you can swim faster and faster and do different strokes. And, yeah. But then it's also like, can, like for me and probably others, like it, it can be like a bit anxiety, you know, it can yeah. if you're like in your early teens and there's like... I don't know, it's like body conscious and things. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because like baths are also, I mean, we call them swimming pools in Canada, <laughs> but like there's something about that element of like new risk, you know, like yeah. jumping into the water for the first time and. Yeah. Well, we call them swimming pools. I was just saying baths because you did. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I would say swimming pools. I don't know if there is a difference, but yeah. I think it's maybe a generational difference. I've, I've, I, for part of our journey, I'm taking us along really noisy roads, but no, I guess that's Manchester it, it and Stratford. It, it so, adds yeah. to it. It adds to it. You're surrounded by like activity, and I think yeah. that the rain on the roads adds adds to it. It yeah. sounds like kind of sizzling in a pan or something as yeah, it's washing past. Exactly. But like I, I've sometimes been inspired by kind of urban life because yeah, you you kind of feel more anonymous even though there's more people around. Um, and it and it does fill you with a bit of drama. You know that there's stories here. You just know that there's a ton of stories, and you, you wouldn't have to try too hard at all to really stumble upon one. And you could even see them in the people and the interactions between people, probably. Definitely, yeah. I think what I try to seek out, and obviously haven't been able to with lockdown, but like try to find cafes where 
there's a bit of quiet in the midst of all of that. Yeah. Because one of yeah. my favorite, well, sorry, don't end this way. One of my favorite things to do is to just sit in a cafe uh, for a couple of hours and write, or like Great. just let words kind of tumble onto the page. Uh huh. Uh huh. But it, I like it to be a kind of tucked away, maybe sort of yeah, greasy spoony type place. So know? like, does that always happen for you when you have arranged it? Like when you've arranged to be creative, does it always happen for you? No. No. <laughs> no, like sometimes you can kind of answer. sometimes you can kind of put all of the the right structures in place. Yeah. And you go, okay, I've got like a blank sheet of paper and a pen. <laughs> and and even an idea, you know, like I'll yeah. sit down and go, this is the poem I want to write about. Nothing. And then it hits you when you at work at the most inconvenient time. You've yeah. got a super idea to go with, yeah. It is amazing as well how to this day, I think this happened to me last week, I was falling asleep, I had an idea, didn't get up to write it down, was convinced I would remember it in the morning and totally did it. Oh, that hurts. No, I've been there, I've been there. Yeah. And so you write down things all the time now, do you? Or? Um, yeah, do you I make do. Notes all the time, I, yeah. I, yeah, I sort of vary the way I do it. So, for a while, I would carry around like a little notebook, and I'd put notes in that. Yeah. And then I started to put notes in my phone, but then I found I wouldn't go back to to look at them. Uh huh. Uh huh. So now, because I'm home so much, if I have a new idea for something, I give it a new blank A4 sheet, and I've started a like filing system for uh -huh. ideas, like seedlings of ideas. So. And. Is your work always spoken word poetry? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like that's the medium that I, I, I really like to play with right now. Um, when I was a kid, I really liked to write stories a lot. Um, and I've written a couple of plays. Like one was a children's play uh -huh. for the Edinburgh Science Festival. Yeah. And one was a one woman play years ago called pig but like now it just feels like that's the the canvas i like to use i guess so, yeah yeah oh well yeah i guess spoken word is a diverse form right you know you can people come at it from theater yeah. they come at it from like hip-hop and and like rap and people come at it from kind of page poetry as well and yeah. they're, they're really different forms that meet in spoken word in like a Venn, that's how I kind of see it in a yeah. Venn diagram. But I then, guess I often yeah. think of my ideas um, that I write things that I know I, I want to perform. I don't yeah. often yeah. write things that, that will yeah. be on a page. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, what really varies between writers is how they go about creating their work. But that also varies a lot within each individual. To take poetry for example, sometimes poems just come to you in their entirety. Other times you dictate them or record them verbally before typing them out. Other times you carve them out word for word meticulously over many weeks trying to make the perfect poem. So where are we heading now? Just deeper into Salford? <laughs> we are, we are still in Salford for yeah. sure. We're going to the King's Arms pub. Uh -huh. um, which is also a theater space and yeah. it's where I did the empathy experiment last ah, summer or I awesome. guess summer of 2019 <laughs> yeah um, so they're a really really great pub um, I mean the pub itself is just really charming and cozy 
they have a pub cat called Charlie. Always helps. Always helps, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, but they've got a, a performance space um, on the up above that seats like 70 or 80 people. And then teeny little black box studio space, which is where I did my show. Tiny little, like you could fit 15 people oh. in there maximum, you know? Um, and they're just really, really lovely and supportive of like local artists. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of the hub for the Greater Manchester Fringe as well. So that was how I did the show, as part of the Fringe. Of and I, um, I hadn't really come, I knew of it as a venue, but I hadn't really come here much before. Um, and then when I kind of booked it for Edinburgh, or for, uh, for Greater Manchester Fringe, I just fell in love with it. It's just such a great space. Yeah, it's a proper traditional boozer, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Paired back and it, it, it really like, it's kind of, poignantly holding its own isn't it here yeah. this pub and it, it really does stand out it's maybe not the oldest thing in the city by any stretch like mm. it, it maybe dates back 100 years maybe 1883 is it 1850-ish so, yeah. years yeah but then everything else around it is is much much newer maybe yeah. not yeah much newer mainly yeah and it just does really stand out it looks yeah. like it had to fight its case to stay up even potentially. I would imagine so, yeah. It's got like an old world charm inside of it. Yeah. I, they have just refurbished it, but it's still kept the kind of um, quirkiness of, of the interior. Um, it's the kind of place where it's a little, like it feels like a little bit of a labyrinth inside, you know, like oh, okay. rooms going off of each other and stuff. You can see this in the different times of different weathers and different seasons. You can imagine people sat on these benches yeah. kind of you know, competing to sit here in when sunlight's pouring down and yeah. other times of year, people probably escaping the rain. And, uh, you know, you might get people sort of hanging outside, smoking, sharing a story or whatever. Yeah. And it, yeah, it, it does. It does have character, definitely. The old sash windows and stuff. Yeah. For sure. They've got a really charming um, beer garden as well. It's got like a really old piano that's got paint all over it and yeah. mismatched chairs and all Love sorts. That. It's really, really cool. It's kind of inspiring to think that, you know, you're in the footsteps of other creative people, I think. Definitely. Well, I remember thinking um, a couple of years ago when I was in Edinburgh, like, um, I think creative people often have a pretty high degree of sensitivity and I've just started to be more aware of like that sensitivity to other other people's creative energies um, mm -hmm. so what I mean is like in, in Edinburgh when the city doubles in size for the Edinburgh Festival you, you've got this just microcosm or of, of creativity in one city and it feels palpable like it feels like something you can taste and touch yes. and you know yeah, yeah. and um, so the King's Arms felt like a like a really like cool example of that during the Fringe where we all these shows coming through and it was not only like what was happening right then in the festival but the history of it you know it yeah left. and like artists and creatives just making the place their own yes I suppose yeah. Oh, yeah so we're coming out to Chapel Street now and we're gonna head down this way uh -huh. um, into Manchester City Centre so I live like a straight line down that way. 
Uh-huh. Um, so we are right in Salford, which is really cool. But we're like really close to city centre too. So do you kind of know where you are? Uh, I, I've probably been here before. I mean, mm, vaguely, vaguely. But yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Like I was never here for any kind of great length of time. When I was born here, it was. Yeah. I was moved to Yorkshire when I was two. So I don't oh, remember anything. Oh, right. Oh, I got you. I did, okay. used to, I did go back to where I used to live. I used to live in Moss Side, believe it okay. or not. That's where I was, that's where I was born. And the yeah. uh, hospital doesn't exist anymore either. Oh, no way. And uh, I, then, like I say, I came here after graduating, got a job here. But like, yeah, it was mainly the job. It didn't really work out. And then I soon was working somewhere else, like across the Pennines, basically. Okay. But I, I kind of did see Manchester as somewhere I'd, I, you know, you can never plan things, can you? Because I did totally see it like somewhere I'd, I'd spend my whole career and yeah. I would be happy, I would, I would have been happy for all that. I mean, you yeah. just never know the journeys you're going to take, do you, you know? Definitely. Yeah, I, uh, I completely <laughs> feel like I've yeah. Yeah, experienced that many times over. But it's not necessarily a... I mean, it's a city that, by nature of being a city, it's quite a transitionary place. People stay, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, whatever. Some people stay here forever, you know, cradle yeah. to grave sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it does definitely, like, I feel like you can't say this as a compliment, but, it, you know, it does have a grittiness to it, like, that yes. other cities don't. But it it obviously, it, it, does, it does kind of have a solid identity it does shout about itself a lot like I Manchester think, I mean yeah that's something that felt really appealing uh-huh. when I would come here for, for gigs but then also moving here both Salford and Manchester have a sense of themselves and a like a, a pride in that and there is a grit and a graft here there's a history of it uh-huh. um, and there's something like it's it's raw it's not always sort of like pretty but it's mm. but it's honest it's, and it's, it's kind true. of ambitious i guess because yeah. ambition is reflected in construction really i think that's where it potentially starts is, is yeah. construction or regeneration obviously being the buzzword but yeah you can kind of see like reflection reflected in the puddles beneath us just mm-hmm. the cityscape above and i wonder like how that's changed in the reflections on the floor when it has been raining in this part of the world you know yeah well, and I do wonder about that that constant development, because I guess, I mean, sometimes looking at the skyline here, it is so full of cranes and that's nice, but there's a, I don't know, a, a, a wish for a completion of it, you know, for it to come to yeah. its full potential. Yeah, what's the end game? Yeah. And just live in that for a little bit, you know, not not permanently. I don't mean in a kind of static way, but just kind of go, okay, we're done that for now. And okay. let's just let's just be in this for a bit. I think I think construction and cranes and things are are quite inspiring for like kids sometimes. You yeah. kind of look at them as cool big toys, don't you? You know, yeah. cranes and and then when you grow up, you kind of you might if you don't pursue that in any way as a career, then you you kind of might might be fed up of the sight of them really, and yeah. you do do just want the end game to arrive. It, is this ever going to be complete? But exactly. by the time that building goes up, another one will need something adding on to it or it's just reflecting the changing nature of a city really isn't it yeah and this here mark addy uh is a pub that's that's no longer open but i think the story of it is that was it mark addy who would um people would fall into the river and he would like jump in and rescue them and he drowned doing that he was kind of like 
a local hero, so I believe the story right. goes. Um, but I work for this uh, charity called Arts Emergency, yeah. which is this amazing mentorship mm-hmm. um, program for marginalized young people to, you know, work in, in arts and cultural industries. And one of the students was doing her degree the Manchester School of Arts, uh-huh. Manchester. She was doing a design School. degree there. Oh, okay. And for her project, she designed here in this space where the Mark Addy is, a building for arts emergency. Um, and it was obviously kind of like a pipe dream, but it was her, wow. it was her like uni project, and I got to see it, and it was just like, oh, yeah. if we could manifest millions imagine, of pounds to build. looking at like the most famous like, you know, skylines in the world, like Manhattan, <laughs> you know, here in Manchester, yeah. London, anywhere in the world, and imagine just imagining those tower blocks not to have not to be dominated by corporations and banks, but. Arts organizations. Absolutely. Imagine, imagine if they ruled the world. And yeah. It was just theaters that were the big buildings in town. Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be incredible? Well, and we're right across from the People's History Museum as well. Oh, I do kind of know where we are then yeah, in that place. Okay. It's been, been a while, really. But yeah, it would be amazing, like, because there are so many buildings too. As much as there's development, there's empty buildings too. And wouldn't it be incredible if it was filled with, like, artists and yeah. arts programming and. Yeah, that I mean, held the same priority and value. Oh, wouldn't that would be that incredible? Be, would it, do you think it would be amazing if, like, if it was, say it was more popular arts, like the arts in general, and yeah. it did justify taking over cities to that extent? Do you think it, it would be good? Do you think it would be still as cooperative and um, as, well, altruistic as, do you think it'd still be, there wouldn't be, any rivalries like there might be in the corporate world or well i think that's a good question because i think there's art that is corporate and not altruistic yeah. and i think even within you know idealized communities of arts there's still tension mm. and ego and competition and that kind of thing but i mean i feel like i feel like the arts are a way to reflect the world back to itself and I kind of think that can be a benefit whatever the state of the world is in so even if we were in a a time where there was you know less partisanship in politics where racism wasn't the hugely problematic issue that it is if economic disparity wasn't tearing down Mm. you know entire communities Mm. of people art would still be necessary mm. yeah because it's how we interpret our world it's how we and and i was listening to an interesting podcast today um about how uh it was a couple of poets talking to each other and i can't remember the name of the podcast unfortunately but they were saying about they were speaking specifically about poetry that it's a way of like understanding other people so i might hear a poem of yours yeah. and go okay that's coming from steve's specific lived experience but i see myself in it yeah and so i think it's about yeah connecting isn't it yeah with people who you don't necessarily know very well or you think you didn't until you heard heard them heard what was kind of coming from the heart but, yeah. yeah and so for that reason i feel like art is always necessary um, Beautiful, yeah, I agree. Couldn't agree more, couldn't agree more. Art is always necessary. If you have the opportunity to make art, why wouldn't you? 
art isn't just about indulging in yourself, it's about connecting with others on a base level and building empathy that trickles down and trickles up, keeping us all collectively inspired in what could otherwise be a pretty colourless and treacherous world. Art is always necessary. And as we worked our way through the city and the rain eased off, Rose made something of a revelation. Going deep dive here, Steve. Something I'm realizing as we're talking that I had, I'd never thought about this before, but like I've, I've walked around central Manchester a fair bit to get to different places, especially in particular the place we're going to now, which is the central library. But I think because, like, you know how I was saying earlier, where I find the, the noise of it, the stimulation a bit overwhelming. And what I'm realizing now as we're walking is that I have a tendency to shut that out right. as a kind of coping mechanism. You know, I, I, I deal with a lot of anxiety, and so I feel like the way of managing that is to kind of zone out from the, the huh. chaos around me. But what, what that might be keeping me from is the, the poetry of what's around me. And, and this is, this is ah. I'm feeling a sense of like wanting to um, be a bit more open to the city as I walk. And I've never thought yeah. about that before. I guess, to put it bluntly, like, I guess you've got to suffer to be inspired, right? You've got to have the grief and the joy of it in a way. Perhaps. I, I might, I'm, I, I definitely see that that's a perspective that some people have. I think mine might be to be more open to the noise and know when to step back from it, but allow that uh -huh. to come in a little uh -huh. bit more. Not in a way that's going to compromise my well-being, but just like to that. pay that's attention good. to it a bit more. It's good, definitely great to be, yeah, mindful of all of that, for sure. I think I, I read something uh, recently as part of a project that I did, actually, but it was, yeah, cause sometimes a city can be leave you with bruises, but you don't realise that it is sometimes causing you pain, you know? Yeah, yeah. The bruises are kind of everlasting, I guess, but yeah. But then, then I think, I think like the great highs of being in a city and like you've described earlier about being around like-minded people and the joy of that mm. makes, it, makes it worth it, surely, you know? It's, yeah, definitely. And that's what makes those moments so good as well. Yeah, but that's, that's interesting that you can just yeah, that you feel like you shut yourself off from the city because, yeah, it might, it might get too much sometimes, of yeah. course. I think it does for everyone, really. Um, but then, yeah, by doing that, you probably, yeah, you're not soaking up what you could be doing. You know, you, yeah. who knows, you might, you might have essentially missed a bit of, of an interaction or you might have overheard something or you might have, like, mm. not seen something that could have been a turning point of some kind. But... Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly it. And I think, I don't think I'm alone in that. Like, I think a lot uh -huh. of people head down, music on, yeah. phone in face. Yeah. Everything's just kind of shut out. And, um, yeah, I think it's, I think if you're choosing to do that as a kind of coping mechanism, mm. go for it. Mm. But if that's the default, then it, I think people are missing a lot of yeah. stuff. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that that, has changed a little and the whole point of this podcast was in response to that in a way yeah, and, okay. and like you know during lockdown and, and it was it, everyone was kind of getting out more you know when, when everyone could only go out once a day I think people tried to use that wisely and 
Yeah. Maybe they just went out for a run or they went for a walk around their own community, but they had their eyes open in a way that they might not have done. They might have taken it for granted before. But this is all about, yeah, looking closer at the places around and looking up rather than down at the phone or whatever. Yeah. There was a time <clears throat> about, um, well, when we first moved here, so I've been living in Salford now just over two years. We moved at the end of June of 2018. Um, and at that time, I was working from home. <laughs> I was mm. working for Arts Emergency, but we didn't have an office space. Uh -huh. So I was working from home and I would come to the library to, uh, to work. They've got a beautiful reading room on the second floor. Uh -huh. I've been there, actually, oh, yeah. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. It's one of my favorite places in the city. Yeah, yeah. And I knew that it took me exactly 32 minutes to power walk there from ah. where we live. Because I would sometimes <laughs> meet people in the cafe. Oh, wow. So that was a route that I came to know very well. I see. And uh, would often arrive at meetings sweaty and out of breath because <laughs> I had this, this looks quite theatrical to it me. It does, doesn't it? So it, it's like a canvas covering this construction or the, the construction of the town hall, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of dimly lit and it's a silhouette of everything yeah. behind it. And, and there's kind of pink lights that mark the hoardings from the traffic to make yeah. everything safe. But that's lit up like, um, like a theatre production yeah. somehow. You can imagine like... You, you could have a puppet show or something there. <laughs> you could, and you've almost got like a balcony up there too. You yes. can imagine, you know, it's very well lit. going on up there. Yeah, and I think like in a time when obviously theatres are struggling like more than they ever have, like for sure, like seeing, seeing the potential for that um, mm -hmm. in a place that isn't a theatre, seeing theatre in the everyday I think is quite powerful right now. I mean, yeah, definitely. and that's what that is. It's, it's kind of lit up like a puppet show could be. That's... that's Quite striking to yeah, me. Yeah, and I do wonder, like. An X marks the spot there, just an X in duct tape that's not explained. I guess that's well, I the distance yeah, thing, yeah. isn't it, right? There's one there and there too. But it, it's not, yeah, right, it's not. Uh, you have to assume it is that, really. Just an X in the middle of the street. Reminds me of just cartoons as a kid, just that's where someone would drop down, like a trapdoor would open or something. Maybe there's buried treasure underneath. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny um, how you start to notice, you know, you talk about the, where we're seeing theatre and things now. When we start to see things like that, it's, yeah. it's just the accepted new normal of, oh, that's because of COVID. I know. And, and you kind of forget, like, I, I was, you know, walking along near where we live, there's, you know, bus stop and there's always masks on the ground all mm. covered in footprints. Mm -hmm. and, and you just go, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's normal. That's, yeah. That's yeah, it. yeah, how quickly you can adjust yeah. to just a world-changing event, you know, how, how quickly that's happened. Um, yeah, because you kind of think, it, it makes you realise what it might have been like in, in a war or something, you know. Yeah. There's so many things that are just symbolic of that. I mean, yeah, a footprint on a mask mm -hmm. in a puddle on the street would be, like, you'd know, like, the era that came from. Um, yeah. If you uh, kind of reflect, I mean, this is a whole era of art, essentially, that we're living through, that we're living through the start of now. Yeah. Well, I think that comes back to what we were talking about before, about how art... Well, there's one. What, what was that? I was, someone just uh, gasp, gasped, so someone just gasped open-mouthed at the building in front of us, which is an amazing building, the Manchester, Manchester Art Gallery. 
that was like completely stunned that person. That that's cool. That's cool. Well, well maybe it, yeah, she was looking at it, wasn't she? I think so. I don't know that she was like on the phone or she looked she looked like she was looking at this. But I don't know what I mean there's there's banners here, but but it's made it's made us think, oh, is there something amazing? But but it, it actually is amazing. It's like, an incredible building. Of course it's yeah. an incredible yeah, it's it's really amazing and But you know, I've never stopped to look at the building like this before. If this was in like Rome and I'd be taking yeah. a picture of it, you know, I'd be taking a selfie with me and it maybe. If but she hadn't gasped it, well we wouldn't have stopped. I would not have looked at the building yeah. like this. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's it could be oh it could be like an epiphany she's just had like yeah maybe like maybe someone's was telling her where this place was for years and she never yeah. knew she never bothered and then that person left somehow and now she's just being reminded of them because she has passed the building and you could, you could you could you yeah. could something about that yeah definitely when's the last time you saw someone reveal their emotions in public. Usually people might reveal their anger by shouting or their amusement by laughing, but it's not too often you see people visibly shocked in public. It was a moment I'd describe as one of fearful wonder, and it reminded me that as artists we're inspired by people as much as by places as we wander the world soaking up moments just like this. What are you working on at the moment then? You mentioned the book. Yeah. Um, what, what's going on? What, what else is going on for you? So, um, well, I was meant to be touring the Empathy Experiment this year, um, and I had about eight tour dates planned, including a week in France, which would have been really cool. Oh. So they've, they've, they've all been postponed um, yeah. for 2021. So fingers okay, crossed okay, that can all right. go ahead. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just promoting, well, getting ready to kind of promote the book. The, the launch is on the 9th of November. Uh, it's going to be a digital launch. Uh-huh. through Flapjack Press, who published it. And uh, Great. so just kind of figuring out ways of being able to share it and get, you know, encourage people to engage with it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's called After the Storm, and it's got a very cool cover. So That's, yeah. that's an inspiring title. Yeah, yeah, it's the title of one of the, the poems in the first show that I wrote, The Geography of Me. Um, right. And uh, it's all kind of... Yeah, it's, it's, it's the three shows I've put together and it was an interesting thing to kind of draw those all together. So it was actually a really great project to work on during lockdown. <laughs> I bet. Um, to be able to focus on that editing process. Yeah. Did, did you find creativity was coming to you during that period? I found that I still had uh, the same level of creative energy because uh-huh. I, I feel often like a, like a sheepdog with creative energy that I just need to kind of run around a lot with okay. it but I didn't feel it in I could like I, I was struggling to write yeah. poetry I was struggling to find words so I was coloring a lot that okay. was okay okay baking because those felt like tangible oh you got some flour completable yeah. I did yes. <laughs> <laughs> I ran out of yeast pretty quickly uh, but um no yeah wow. uh, no that, that, a lot of people conversations I've had with other poets, other writers, other artists, like that would have been a great period to um, be creative if only it wasn't just a distracting time. And I think a lot of people were too distracted by the world events to to really kind of focus on what they were. I mean, I think everyone's been changing, that's the thing. I think everyone's just changed throughout this. And what I've liked is that, you know, we've never felt, we've never been so separate probably physically. Yeah. But, um, you know, you have, 
you know, I feel like I've been connected with people and I've only really known that to this extent because of what's happened. Yeah. I mean, I just could have thought of certain people as um, just people who I knew from events and that's it. Just yeah. people who I knew from spoken word events, and, which is great and stuff. But I think that people mean a lot more to me than, than I realised really. And, mm. and I was keeping in touch with people asking how they were and, and you know, it's a yeah. proper community really, isn't it? Definitely. I really felt motivated to reach out to people and had Zooms with people, friends in Bristol and Oxford who I, you know, see very rarely. Um, but just had the, the time and space and wanted to, to check in with them. I mean, I do a lot of online communication with family in Canada anyways, so that, yeah. that felt, uh -huh. you know, if anything, that's just gotten a little bit more regular, but it was just everything screeching to a halt, you know? And I think this, this thing about like having time to write, that it suddenly felt like there was this huge expectation to use the time wisely and be productive. Oh. And, it just, I remember feeling Project. for the first sort of month, like, can we just take a damn minute mm, to, like, mm. adjust to this, please? You know, this is seismic in our lives. And I, you know, Kieran came home one day, he's like, there's this online course, they're giving, like, a 90% discount. It was, like, 30 pounds to sign up for 12 different online courses. So I was like, okay, okay, I'll book it, I'll book it. <laughs> Did I do any of the courses? Uh -huh. Nope. <laughs> We've kind of cut down this way. I was going to take us down Oldham Street. I'm just uh -huh. mindful of time. But well, we'll come around the back of Affleck, which is where I wanted sure. to kind of go. Because sure. that's where the three-minute theater is, where um, uh, Word uh -huh. War, the Word War slams were. Uh -huh. uh, okay, yeah, let's go yeah. there then. Yeah, we've got time. I mean, I don't have my watch on, but cool. I've got till... Um, hey, what's, what's this? Uh... It's come some a mural on the path. Yeah. And there's some footprints in it. Uh, what does it say? It, I think it probably once said pavement. Pavement cracks place. Pavement cracks place, but there might be a few pieces missing or. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a, a mystery. But yeah, you can see someone's trodden in it when it's been wet, <laughs> and it maybe was intended to be. Have quite you ever a done that? Size me art piece have i ever done uh oh here, here's another bit the cold <laughs> no one's trodden in that though uh there's actually loads of them um yeah. maybe it's a, a story that we're walking on here but there's just key it's like um filling in the blanks isn't it, it, it is. it's like a it's a mystery what's the game i mean is, is it hangman i'm thinking of <laughs> where you just yeah, look at the letters in the between letters, yeah I've been doing a lot of crosswords too. That makes me think of it a little bit. Yeah, it's like a puzzle basically that we're walking on yeah. right now, uh, just that's been kind of embedded in the pavement here. What did you ask? What were we talking about just before uh, that? What are we talking about? Yeah, I don't know. Nothing. No. Just how nice this is. <laughs> but sometimes I'm, uh, I, I kind of, I have kind of been noticing yeah, bits and pieces like, just like, till receipts on the floor and oh, like right. bus tickets on the floor and sometimes like they are inspiring to me I, I tend to write about like well they're usually like relationship set tales I guess okay. and like everything can be poignant to me you know yes. like and, and a bus ticket on the floor could represent something it could sure. be it could be the last trip that she took when she left him or you know it could have been could be something like that i think like these little trinkets that you find are just gifts yes. to us as writers you know well i used to um for a short time I, I was doing this project on facebook called growth is everywhere and i would take pictures of places where you would see 
like greenery growing out of concrete. Ah, nice. And I would, I, it was so much fun to pay attention to because once like you start that. to look at it, you see it everywhere, <laughs> you know? And it, you know, out of the cracks in old pubs and... There's another yeah. bit. Yeah, like... Yeah, it's everywhere. Stuff can, like, you know, little twigs that you could snap with your fingers can grow through stone and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just amazing. strength and patience, isn't it, of, of that organism, like... No, that is inspiring to me. I think nature can be inspiring both in nature and, and in cities, you know, where it is few and far between. I think that's what really drew me to it, was like going into places yeah. that felt a bit urban and a little bit, not sterile, but like lifeless, to uh -huh, find uh -huh. how, and I guess it's, it's like that with so many things in life too, that no matter where your circumstances are, you're gonna like be able to get some life going. <laughs> so, um, Athletes or the three minute theaters around that way, and Victoria Station is that way. So, what time what is it? It is 8 30. Uh, well, yeah, I think we've got time. It might, my train's at five to nine. Oh, okay, cool. But, um, I don't know what platform or anything, but okay, if it's just like 10 or 15 minutes, we'll be okay. Yeah, perfect. I think Victoria is like 10 minutes from Cause here because I'll, I'll so. be stuck here for the night if, um, <laughs> if I miss that train. Oh, really? Well, oh, that's the last train back to where I'm specifically. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sure I could get back to like Leeds or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, we have a spare room, but like, oh, right. we'll put you in a hazmat suit or something. I'd have, to set, sure off, I'd have <laughs> to set off pretty early because I'm, I'm, um, I'm doing some seminars actually at oh, York St. John oh, Uni. Oh, brilliant. Like some like writing seminars, which has been amazing. That was going to be a lot bigger an activity than it now is but yeah. it's in person and I'm looking looking forward to it. That's awesome. It's going to be an early start but yeah. Yeah. Should be good. It That's should be crazy. good. Yes, yeah, it's, it's something that was one of the many things I was planning this year with found fiction but Okay. Also some shutter some shop shutter art here. Yeah. Shop shutter art. So when this Hard is life. open it goes into this lovely little arcade bit ah. at the back of which is the 3 minute theater which is oh. just the coolest space. It was John and Gina that ran it. And um, every time I went in it, there was something different to it. It was like the most DIY theater space ever. Oh, how's that, um, that vibe? I mean, you don't see shop shutters as being kind of colorful, um, kind of childlike, again, uh, characters on them, colorful and like, yeah, joyful, really, yeah. yeah. Have you been in Athletics before? No, no, I oh haven't. Oh my gosh. I haven't. Next time, if you've got an afternoon, well, okay. I mean, it's the kind of place you could spend a weekend because I think yeah. it's about three floors of um, oh. all kinds of independent art, art shops, punk shops, tattoo bead shops, like cool. Alternative places. Very much so. And um, do you know Joy France? Rings a bell, actually. She's a poet yeah. um, and like workshop facilitator and she started the creative space here so right. she was given a little like little corner and basically a blank canvas to do whatever and she just brought a bunch of stuff in participatory creative stuff and people just started to come in and they could like write on big reams of paper and they redecorated a chair and they turned a bra into a radio with bedazzled yeah. gems on it it was just free reign and it was a kind of place where people who didn't know where to be could come and feel comfortable like and affirmed it. and creative and like playful as a playful totally. place yeah totally nice yeah nice. so she had a residency there i think for like a couple of years and then genevieve walsh was was running oh, it for right, a little yeah. bit yeah sweet yeah. nice very yeah. 
I mean, you've only shown me the outside of these places, but you can tell, like, you can see the part that it's played in, in your life and your creative mm. life, for sure. Yeah. And, yeah, it's obviously dark and nighttime and these places are closed, but... Yeah. You can, you can imagine, like, them being, yeah, joyful places and... Definitely, and when they're full of... I think, I think what, what feels really quite wistful and almost a bit emotional thinking about it is, is that they're all closed this evening on our walk. Yeah. But for me, and I think for probably a lot of people, they actually hold just yeah. so much. So they hold memory, they hold discovery, they hold, you know, the, the um, unearthing of a lot of creativity. So do you, do you kind of um, value them more now, basically, because of what's happened, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I think some days I miss them more because of that. But I also... Yeah, I have a sense of gratitude about them. Are these the infamous students that we're reading about? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing about Manchester, isn't it? All the yeah. universities. So that's part of the fabric. Students of the city. enjoying themselves, um, yeah, as as you as you would, as I did, yeah. Um, where did you go to uni? Oh, Glasgow, actually. Oh, okay. Glasgow, yeah. So that, that's like a super creative city as well. Um, have you been up there? I have, yeah. I've been there a few times. Um, I did a loud poets gig there years ago. And um, I used to live in Edinburgh, so I would go over there from time to time. And ah. like, what a difference between the yeah, two cities, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? But yeah. I think there's a lot of similarity with Glasgow and, and Manchester yeah. because of the kind of grit that's there, hey? Oh, for sure. And, and like maybe Leeds to an extent as well. Yeah. Similar so sizes, I think. Yeah. And like lots of young people there, which yeah. people making stuff happen. Yeah, for sure. Like it's kind of like York would be like an Edinburgh. Yes, um, yeah. And then, yeah, Manchester Leeds would be like the Glasgow, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I am. Um, I was a different type of writer there. I, I never really did any spoken word when I was a student at there. I was more like a journalist and I was more like stories and writing short stories, wanting to write a novel type of writer, like <laughs> solitude, total solitude. Right, right. So I never like to, regrettably, I never really, never really knew that part of it, which I'd totally be all over now. Sure, yeah. As we were finishing up our creative journey around Manchester, Rose recalled the moment we first met, which, as you may have guessed, was at a spoken word event. But it just goes to show that every spoken word show is different, as I remembered some specific details about that night. I was thinking um, ahead of this evening about when we first crossed paths, because I think it was at this spoken word In event your... that Rose Drew yes, runs. Yeah, it was. It was. I remember that. Yeah. Because I remember what you did and, and it inspired me because I... I don't remember the poem, unfortunately. I just remember that you did something that I think I've seen only once or twice where, and it's, it's something that you're like, you do, yeah, it's not like the best thing you ever do, but basically, you know, when you, you're introducing the poem and then you go into it and yes, yeah. like without saying, here's my poem, I'm going to start it now. Yeah. You know, you, you just kind of say, isn't it strange? And then you just, you're actually doing the poem without it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'd never, I'd never seen that before. And that's oh, cool. why it was so memorable. But no, I do remember that, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a fair few years ago now too, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably five, maybe five years, six years ago, maybe. Yeah, wild. It's cool. No, it's cool. Because yeah. that, that, I mean, I kind of get into certain types of writing, like, I have tried all sorts, like I've 
I've written plays like well, like you have poems obviously tried novels like scripts for like oh, wow. films and things I've just thrown myself into things because I'm I'm trying to like yeah I'm trying to I don't know what I'm trying to do but I'm trying to like just keep it exciting and, and yeah. make something spectacular you know sure and so spoken word was the latest of that for me the okay. latest in my like repertoire I guess for, like, okay. so I don't think it'll like always be spoken word I don't think I'm tied to it like um, as a as a literary form you know sure so I like just experimenting really yeah. and it's all it's all kind of the same for me anyway it's all stories to me everything is just stories and yeah. even like um like you know fashion range or something you know it's all yeah. storytelling to me and, and it, it's just different ways of telling stories I think like that's the constant for me like how those stories are expressed like whether you're using a microphone to express them or you know some materials uh, I think like it's the it's the stories that you're telling that, that actually resonate yeah um, but like obviously some performers like it's their style that really um, makes its mark on you you know yeah it's more than the story that more than think the words that they're saying you know? I think you find that sometimes don't you when you like when you've seen a poet and you we're just going to kind of cut through the, oh, yeah. this is Shoot Hill Station. Uh-huh. Uh, and you kind of go, I don't remember exactly what the poem was, but I remember feeling this way. I remember the energy. I remember the, like, the way they use their body or the way they use their uh. voice or something. And I think that's what really excites me about spoken word is, performance yeah. or performance poetry is that you can like draw from those different tools. So you can use yep. the, you can use vocal texture, you can use movement. I've started to explore like using music accompanying my work, you know. My friend Ellie, Eleonora Roshka, she composed the music that goes along with the empathy experiment. Right, and that nice. composing process was nice. totally initially totally improvised. And I was just like, this is so much fun. Yeah. It and adds so, it adds something, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it, and it makes it more unique, yeah. Yeah, and so I think just combining those different tools is really interesting. Why do you write? Like, what is your purpose of writing? What are you in it for? What <laughs> um, I guess I like, I, I, it helps me make sense, make me make sense to myself, yeah. of myself. Huh? <laughs> um, I love to play with words. I love to like weave them in a way that expresses something that I might find hard to express just in kind of normal conversation. Yeah. Um, I guess sometimes I feel like I write because I can't not. I feel like that sounds a bit hokey, but it's like it's yeah. it's it's the it's it's as essential to me as so many things. It's an outlet. It's a way I can chew on things and reflect things. I'm a really yeah. like I'm a very sensitive person, very reflective person, and being able to kind of respond to things going on in life and things in the world and just things in my own day-to-day -day living nice, nice. through words is just yeah so it's an ongoing it's an oh, ongoing thing it's yeah. it's not like you are wanting to sort of achieve x and so no. you're putting in these hours into it it's not like that it's yeah. it's a it's yeah it's a personal thing as well yeah. it's, it gives you personal yeah i think what's really interesting what i've come to discover through the writing and the projects I've gotten to work on is is the way 
that I can connect with other people as well. So I've come to. Funny, I can listen. I can hear the noise of it before it comes. The tram, I know. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> I heard that come in like 20 seconds ago. Yeah. It's probably very safe wearing this all the time. <laughs> like the tram whisperer. <laughs> And that's it for another edition of Look Closer, the found fiction podcast. Thank you very much to my special guest, Rose Kondo, who took us on a creative journey around Manchester and Salford. Before we say goodbye, we've got a couple of pieces of found fiction news to tell you about. As mentioned in the show, we recently ran a found fiction takeover at York St. John University. This involved us giving lectures and leading seminars for creative writing students. These sessions were designed to help these young writers find inspiration in the world around them, as well as sharpening their writing skills. And it won't be the last time we're involved with the university, as we look forward to revealing more details soon. It's Proper Arts is currently live in London. This is another one of our street literature projects where we've worked with three London-based writers to create art gallery descriptions of real places, implying that art is everywhere, not just in an art gallery. It's Proper Art is part of Kensington and Chelsea Art Week and it'll be displayed at various venues throughout October. As well as on our own website, you can visit kcaw.co.uk for more information. That's all we've got time for this time. Until next time, make sure you stay positive, connected and kind. Thanks for listening to Look Closer, the found fiction podcast.